Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. How are you? Thanks so much for joining us today. This is our discussion discussion show. What am I, Sean Connery now? Our discussion <laughs> show. Uh, we are continuing our sequel trilogy character discussions after a week off. Last week, we had John Roca on and tackled all that insane Trevorrow stuff that was going on. But that's in our rearview mirror. Uh, the belonging we're seeking is not behind us, it's ahead, and we're talking about Rey and her, Rey Skywalker, as a matter of fact, and her arc from The Force Awakens through The Rise of Skywalker. Um, uh, guys, you think we're going to see Daisy Ridley play Rey again? Ever? I don't know. I, I, it's a Will of the Force question, but I wanted to bring it up now. Why? Is it really? That. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I want to talk um, about why don't we just get into you'll it? See. Then, yeah. All right. Fine. I wanted to, to speed up Will of the Force as you talked about, but that's fine. No cold open today. Let's do Will of the Force. What the hell? James, what's going on? <laughs> I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Cheers, what's going on, baby? It's <laughs> there back. Is. One of these days, I swear, guys, I'm going to stick in a random quote and you guys are not going to know. I know what it's going to be. I was going to say, sorry, last minute, I had to put the episode up, it's public, and then it's going to be something different. It's going to be like, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Yeah, that's the one. I've been answering Will of the Force questions since I was six years old. All right, (laughs) Uh, the first one is, and we talked privately, if you guys are interested in our Patreon, we did a whole thing on this, but uh, we're going to do it on the show. The whole thing. Uh, A whole thing. I mean, a whole thing. Uh, will Kevin Feige take over as the head of Lucasfilm when Kathleen Kennedy leaves? Lacey, I'm starting with you on this one. What do you think? Yes. Yes. I think he will. I think he will. I think that they're already hinting at it. I think he would be good at the job. I think at this point in time, I don't know who else would take over. So I'm going to default to yes. Yeah. Uh, John, what do you think on this? I know that on the mm-hmm. behind the scenes thing, the Patreon thing, you said you'd be okay with it. Do you think it's going to yeah. happen though? So Disney cherishes and values the properties that they own, the IPs. Star Wars is their second biggest. Um, you don't mess around and take chances. So you do proven things. Um, and Kevin Feige is a proven creative head uh overseer of things in marvel very successful in terms of uh critically and and financially um he's already within the company umbrella they know how he operates it's a no-brainer to me so i think they need to make the right choice without fumbling and stumbling so all signs point to kevin and devin feige Co taking over <laughs> Lucasfilm. It, our patrons know what Inside I'm talking joke. about. But yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think he will. Kevin Feige. Um, I, and I'm down. So, yeah. So, here, here's an interesting thing, too. Um, Kathleen Kennedy is the second most successful producer of all time. Now, she gets that because she's had lots of legacy films that have clearly stood the test of time, you know, like the Indiana Jones and a lot of Amblin movies and stuff like that. So she actually has that that aspect on Kevin Feige. But I will say this, that when she was brought on to uh, Star Wars, um, she was the number one. She has now become number two, second to Kevin Feige. 
So if they actually moved from Kathleen Kennedy, who was the number one obvious choice, best producer you could possibly get for a movie franchise to Kevin Feige at this day and age, at this point in time, they would actually be stepping up. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that totally from a money-making uh, um, tra- uh, Statistics, trajectory, track, yeah, statistically, track yeah, to- track record. That's the word I was looking for, track record type thing. Like Kevin Feige has made 23 movies in a row that all grossed over a billion dollars, you know? Uh, so it's like, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, so yes, I, I, th- I think that there's a pretty good chance that could happen. So mm. that's it. Yeah. I think, I think that's a trifecta ding, ding, ding on the first question. Um, but we got another one. We got another one. Um, and this one's coming from our newest Patreon general. So front of the line, baby general Michael Gaines, uh, is asking us, do you think there's room for parallel future star Wars stories? So for example, will we have Ray Poe and Finn and another thread of films happening at during the same timeline, if you will. So John, do you want to answer this question? What, what do you think? Uh, I don't think so. Um, so if we're saying, you know, down the line, we're going to revisit these three characters and they're going to tell us a new story. Is there going to be another saga happening during that same time somewhere else in the galaxy? I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to dance around different eras um, for maybe for continuity reasons. Uh, it'd be a lot to say. I know obviously we're talking about Kevin Feige taking over and he does that all the time where he's blending all these different stories in one timeline. But I think with Star Wars, it's a different type of storytelling. And I think it'd be kind of strange to have two sagas running concurrently that take place in the same timeline, but they're separate and they don't intertwine. That's strange to me from Star Wars. If they do it, uh, great. But my thing with Star Wars is always, it's such an old franchise. If they haven't done it yet, I don't know that they will because I think there's some things that keep the, the tree rooted to the ground with Star Wars. Uh, so until they do something, I always lean towards it's not going to happen. So I'm going to say... Uh, they it won't. I don't think this will happen. Uh, Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with John. I don't think they're going to do this because Marvel does this, where I think this is where the kind of the idea is coming from, is they have all these different movies that kind of happen in this timeline and intersect and stuff like that. It's already confusing enough for people to understand the Star Wars timeline. So to have multiple series happening at the same time, it can get super confusing. Whereas if you're just basic with it, with this happens after this, this happens before this, then it's easier for people to place different movies and series. So I don't think they'll ever do that. Uh, I can only see them doing a series that might lead into the next series or they might take a break from obviously the episodic Ray Finn Poe stuff and then have them come back later with a new character from another series. Um, I could never see them running at the same time. That'd just be too confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also will add to, cause I agree with both of them. I, I think that obviously they wouldn't be happening at the same time as far as we've already gotten these movies, but same time frame um, doesn't make a lot of sense because I feel like even though you could tell another story about a group of characters that are on a planet that are being tormented by the first order or something along those lines. 
Um, I think that to raise the stakes and go after the big bad, the big bad to them is still Snoke. The big bad to them is still Kylo Ren and Hux. Bingo. You know, and they'll never be able to really hold any weight if they if they successfully kill off the fourteenth highest first order yeah, right. officer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't that that doesn't. It's not a great story. So I think what they really need to do is they just need to tell a time where if they if they really want to go like big and epic, that an, another time the whole galaxy was in peril and this small group of people were able to overcome that peril. It's it's mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, about trying to kill off the 14th highest, you know, or something right. like that. Good point. <clears throat> All right. Uh, the next question is, will upcoming Star Wars projects that take place before the Mandalorian, chronologically, time timeline-wise, within that world, um, uh, and the sequel trilogy as well, show force healing uh, to, to just kind of give us an idea that that, that existed before baby Yoda and Ray and all this other stuff. So do we think that's going to be happening? Um, Lacey, I think I'm starting with you on this one. Uh, what do you think? Yes, because Ray and Baby Yoda aren't the first people to have it, I'm assuming, because they're not the first people to have the Force or, like, these abilities. And it <laughs> seems like Ray figured this out probably from the books she was reading that came from Luke Skywalker, that came from someone else. So yeah. if we're getting these movies that take place 400 years prior to things that we know of, I think they're going to have this be part of it. At some point, something's going to come up about it or someone's going to use that uh, ability that will be like, ah, yes, that's how they learned about it. Because um, otherwise, it, at this point in time, Baby Yoda is the one that created that <laughs> in the timeline. Yeah. It's the first time you've seen it. And that just, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me that that's what would create that ability compared to someone like a Ray or another type of Jedi from long ago. Yeah. So, so there's, there's something I agree with you, Lacey. I'm totally with you. I will say though, that brings up something. What Luke has been writing books. Cause we've seen, they've published are those his books, books or those were those books that no, no. he found. I'm, I'm saying They're Luke has been Jedi writing texts. his. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's been adding to the sacred Jedi texts, but I do think because, uh, we have a book like an official Sure. Del Rey or something that is like, these are the, these are the notes and stories that Luke Skywalker has been telling. Um, I clearly don't think there's anything in there about baby Yoda, but it, it does raise the question that Luke could have written or in some way taught that to Ray because baby Yoda did it. Sure. Like, don't forget Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight free from the empire is running around in the Mandalorian times. Sure. Like he's out yeah. there. Um, well, Sebastian Stan's so, playing him in season two of The Mandalorian. You know that. It's because he looks exactly <laughs> like him, right? Someone uh, nope. said that. All right. I tweeted a video of Finn, whatever his name is, from Stranger yeah. Things, who answered a question about playing young Ben Solo, and he said, I'd totally be sure. up for it. Of course, because money. And someone responded with that, and I just started laughing because I thought of you, James, where you were like, no, Dude, he would not. I'm going to say it again. It's not Sebastian Stan. It's a mix of the two. It's literally photo edited. It's not just popping Luke's it's, hair. It's like a him. face morph. They like take two yeah. faces yeah. and they put them together. It's like it was actually Mark Hamill's great... eyes and mouth, and then yes. like Sebastian scans like 
face Sebastian shape scanned. or head shape. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm, it's actually I'm thinking like scanned onto his face right. is what yeah. I was thinking. No but, joke. Yeah. It's one of the first exercises they teach you when you learn Photoshop is how to morph people's faces together. Yeah, I think you know I did they, Angelina Jolie and someone else. It was like the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. That's so, what they do. Follow Morphine on Instagram. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, absolutely. They will. Yeah. I said Before no. we start recording, James <laughs> no. is like, let's burn through Will of the Force as quick as possible. Yeah. Now we're talking about Photoshop. We're on the third one. We're, good. we're doing good. John, what do you think? We've answered. I think they will uh, to quiet the, oh, now all of a sudden you just create, Disney just creates this force healing thing. If you slap it back there, like Lacey said, and say, nope, the Jedi did this all along. You guys just didn't know about it. Then it's like, oh, I can't get mad now because it precedes the thing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and their heads explode. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and then and then the other thing is going to be, well, then how come Obi-Wan and Luke couldn't do it in the original trilogy? And it's like, well... Then you can say when Obi-Wan puts his hand on Luke's head when he gets yeah, knocked he out did. by the Tusken Raiders, does he kind of give him a little shot of ibuprofen or something via the Force? Maybe. <laughs> um, but I think they will, for all those reasons, to quiet the, you just made up Force powers thing, and also um, to, like you said, the, explore more of those ancient texts that Ray and they hammered home in The Rise of Skywalker. Again, J.J. not undoing something that Ryan set up. She reads those books and studies them feverishly, and she knows them uh, pretty well. So, isn't that the lot- point, by the way, to just come up with new force powers? Isn't that the point of these movies? Right, and we've had the discussion here: what's the limit and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing this retroactively explored. Maybe when the Jedi were at the height of their powers, maybe it was a thing that like, they were like, "Boom, you're healed! Boom, you're healed!" Boom, you're healed. <laughs> Instead like, of essence, they're just shooting force They're shooting healing. heals. Yeah, I, healing is everywhere. I, and not not to drag it out, but I think someone's going to be mad if we don't mention that Palpatine says in The Rise of Skywalker, you know, oh, you're able to heal and do all this stuff because you're a dyad, something that hasn't happened for a long Centuries. time. Yeah, right. So yeah. it totally sets up that if they want to go back the story and tell group stories, like, throw that in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Say yes. say yeah. multiple centuries so say we can be vague. Dyad. Yeah, right. It's like password. Yeah. The word is dyad. Yeah, like the script yeah, every, says every, four, the script says four hundred years. Every time years. JJ's working on the movie, they're like luminous. Right. Dyad. Yeah. Right. They're like four healing. High Republic. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> all right. Uh, next question is from another Patreon, a p- Patreon, another patron uh, from our Patreon. Uh, this one's from Commander Alexander Zukas and Alex or Alexander. I don't know. Hey, which Alexander, one you actually prefer. Uh, wants to know: Do you think we will eventually see remnant pockets of First Order forces trying to regain some sort of power, as we see? Uh, the same, the remnants of the Empire post Return of the Jedi. So we've kind of seen that explored in, um, I always forget the name of it, Shattered Empire, I think is the uh, name of the book, uh, comic series. Um, what do you think, John? I don't think so. I think the, they're very strict on the fact that this is the end of that saga. If you sprinkle over the First Order as uh, parts of your future antagonists you're kind of dragging along the remnants of the empire which the first order sprung from and you're continuing that where i think now that 
Well, James left, and that's okay. And now that uh, yeah. you're continuing that sort of thing, it um, makes people concerned, like, are they going to bring Palpatine back again? Are they going to do this again? Are they going to do that again? I think there needs to be... And plus, Palpatine did the final <laughs> order in Episode Nine, so the First Order is even done by that point because it's now the final order. So Imagine it. The I final, final, final order. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think... It's like like a the Empire game, right? Max Turbo <laughs> Special Edition. Yeah, I don't think I just don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> Lazy, do you think that we're gonna see first order pockets? Absolutely not. I think they're done with that. Like John said, it made me think of like Photoshop files where you're like <laughs> final underscore final underscore no really the final. It it would just be silly to have them uh stomping around. Because it just seems uncreative. It's just like, okay, we're done. Let's move on. Let's do new stuff. This is where you wanted to be to start new stories. So let's get some new bad guys. I think they're going to do it. <laughs> really? Hmm. Yeah. I I think that if if you tell me that 10 minutes after the the rise of Skywalker happened, every single first order, uh, uh, what's it called? What does Finn say? Um, enthusiast. That's not the right term, man. I'm such a blank on terms tonight, but everybody who was for the first order supported them or, or was in the first order. Sympathizer. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, first order sympathizer is just gone. Like in the, in an hour. Like I think that's crazy. I think, and that's why I think Shattered Empire works, and and the aftermath series and stuff is because they said, yeah, the Empire just fell the day they broke up that Death Star. Well, except for there were there were people who were still around and still trying to hang on to that and didn't believe that the Emperor was actually dead, and they had to figure that they had to sort that stuff out. And I think that that probably still exist. I think there are still people out there that are like the first order is not dead or, or they believe that they're the final order and they're still trying to execute it. I, I think that's a real world thing. You know, I think that that's very likely. Um, so yeah, we'll see it. I bet. Uh, sorry to break up the perfect gold run. Uh, last question. Will we see Daisy Ridley back as Ray in a new set of star Wars films by 2028, meaning the movie comes out that year, John, I don't know why you were supposed to so specific on this one and tried to jump ahead on it. Um, but I'm going to let Lacey answer it before we get to you. What do you think, Lacey? I think we're going to see Daisy Ridley as Ray before 2028. So is it by like from now to 2028 or 2028? That's the year 2028. Boom. By then. By then. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, if 2028 is the end uh, in terms of this question, so the movie would have to come out by 2028. Yes, we will. We absolutely will. They're yeah. not going to shelf Daisy Ridley for almost a decade. That'd be crazy. Bring her back. She's got plenty of time. And people love John, her. I'm anxious to hear what you got to say, but I, I'm going with a no on this. Yeah, well, then you I, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because I, I just don't think that... Uh, I think 10 years is not huge considering you've spent, you know, a lot longer before you brought back some of the other characters and stuff. So I think that, uh, 
10 years might be a good chunk of time, but at the same time, I think that's like the minimum bear chunk of time. Cause I don't want to see her back in five years. Cause I'm like, it just feels like we're just picking right back up, you know? Right. I want to see yeah. her age a little bit and ha- showcase that enough time has passed. So also she has to have those kids, you know? What? She doesn't <laughs> have to have kids. <laughs> Oh my god! I th- <laughs> That's the exact reaction I was hoping I'd get right there. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Do you not see the rumors going around constantly about that? That's why I made the joke. That is the most if, ridiculous if nobody, thing you have ever said on this podcast, hands if, down. If nobody knows what we're talking about, you might get the hint that Daisy Ridley's character would have to return about. Nine months after the rise of Skywalker. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There's a reason. Yeah. Check your time. I'm glad it was everything you had hoped for, John. (laughs) What? What is that? My reaction. Oh, yeah. Um, No, I mean, that's some of the rumors going around. Well, not rumors. Fan theories, I should say, going around. Um, But no, I I put that date there, James, uh, because I thought you would find that interesting because... You know, we were 10 years removed from the last Star Wars movie before The Force Awakens came out. This would set us at nine years. So it's that right on that edge where is it going to be before or after? I think it's going to be after mm. 2028. So I'm going to say no on this question. I think they're going to give us a solid decade break uh, with these actors and these future stories so that when they do come back, there was time for a new threat to rise from somewhere. A new threat, new threat, new, 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 new threat. Please. Um, you mean the final order? So the, fu- the final, final Palpatine team. Yeah. yeah. Everything that you're saying. The contingency not that. for the contingency. Not that. And then not that. Test tube Snoke 2.0. <laughs> not that either. Um, because then you have 10 years that you can backfill with book stories and comics and stuff like that. Easy content mm-hmm. made uh, that way. Um, but I think we'll see them in 2030. I think 2030 they'll be back. Uh, there'll be a new villain. We'll have our new established heroes that will start a new trilogy. I don't know if they'll call it episode 10 or what, but uh, if 2028 is the bar set by this question, I'm going to say no, not by 2028. We're going to be so old. We're going to be so old. We're still going to be doing But at least we'll be done with Will of the Force. (laughs) Let's move on (laughs) to the Patreon pod race. Lacey, take it away. (laughs) That was the best segue ever. All right. All right. So, yeah, time for the Patreon. I'm still in shock that you said that, John. That, wow. All Do right. you not read the rumors or theories, fan theories? She it wasn't the theories. It was them. the way you delivered it that right. I was just like, what? Yeah. Anyway, can't wait to Pe- cut that out of this episode and put it up on uh, social media. People so, think their theories are, are, we know that. They think it's fact. So I, I said it in that vein. I understand that. It was just a funny moment. I meant that it was comical and we'll have a good laugh. Don't. If you come at me, you're getting blocked. So don't even try it. <laughs> Is that true? Just blocked? Uh, I'm blocking everybody in 2020. <laughs> the year of blocking. The year of blocking. Right. It's Blocktober, baby. <laughs> so... It's time for the Patreon pod race after all of that. I love how we started this episode being like, we're going to stay focused. It's not yeah. working. <laughs> so the Patreon pod race, uh, outside of watching and liking and subscribing and commenting numerous times on this video, 
There are other ways you can support us through Patreon, which is patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Um, starting at $2 a month, you can support us all the way up to the top tier. You get different access, uh, handwritten notes from me. You get mini episodes. It's a great time. Um, and our top tier, our generals, get to be a part of the show. So this week we have General Neil Lowry, and we asked him, what is your favorite scene or moment from The Rise of Skywalker? So Neil, take it away. My resistance broadcast, uh, my favorite sort of moment or scene in The Rise of Skywalker is probably a scene with General Pride and Palpatine, about three quarters into the movie, uh, where Pride says that uh, as he served... Palpatine in the Empire, you will serve him now as his master. Uh, it's more of a look that Pride gave to the camera. Uh, probably uh, a great Richard E. Grant sort of hamming it up in a very subtle way, uh, as he tends to do in his movies. And just another good reason why uh, Richard E. Pride is a really good addition to this movie. Uh, I don't agree with the people that think he was a sort of. Sir. Uh, surplus to requirements character that didn't need to be there. I think any sort of movie with Richard E. Grant is always elevated. Anyway, that's my thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I did love the rest of the movie, by the way, uh, but that's the scene that sort of struck out to me. May the first be with you all. All right. Not what I expected, honestly. I did not expect you to say that, but I'm going to let John go first. John, what did you think about Neil's moment? When I watched Neil's Padres, <laughs> I stood, I cheered, I fist pumped, I cried. It was everything you could have imagined but never expected. It was fantastic. Um, Neil, that was great, man. Um, I, I agree with your sentiment. I liked the line saying I served you in the old wars and it really felt mm -hmm. connected to the empire. And I like when they're able to sneak that in every once in a while, um, because sometimes the first order does seem like it just kind of popped up there. Um, so, uh, and then I think you're talking about the way he looked at the camera. I think that's the glow of Palpatine's hologram bouncing off his eyes, which he has like blue <clears> eyes, I think. So just like, it just looked kind of evil in a way. Um, and uh, I, I love that shot too. I'm surprised you picked it as well, um, but um, great job. And again, you know, you're the general positivity for a reason. You know how to uh, disagree politely and that sort of thing. And I think people, <laughs> people can learn a lesson from how you uh, portray yourself online, um, especially this day and age with Star Wars fans. So I want to thank you for being such a positive Star Wars fan. Thank you for being the general of TRB and always supporting us and promoting us. I can't thank you enough, man. And uh, till next pod race, great job. James? I'm laughing because John's like, you're always disagreeing in a polite way, but I thought this was the the most controversial our General Neil has been because he's like, I've been hearing you people talk about how that was a wasted character. Nah, nah, you don't get it. He's <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm loving this. He's like, oh, misunderstood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's a great character, totally has purpose in the movie. I love that. Um, so yeah, positive in a very like fun, negative, controversial way yeah, a little bit. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Great one. Uh, love the scene. And it's funny too, because it, it's very reminiscent to the whole like Anakin in front, uh, or I should say Vader in front of, uh, the hologram back. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are really pulling that parallel of like, that's one of the best scenes from one of the greatest movies. You know what I mean? So you put that in this and you're trying to 
say that that's like a wasted character. And this guy's like sitting there, like basically doing the same thing. Yes. Master, you know? And it's like, that's mm-hmm. sweet. I love that. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Neil, this was a great moment. And it's funny until I watched the side kind of, it's one of those moments you don't immediately think of, but then when you do, mm-hmm. you like think about how great it is. Richard mm-hmm. has been wonderful through this whole process of yes. this movie and promotion and everything. <laughs> and I love how you described it as subtle hamming, hamming it up. Cause if there's one word to <laughs> sum up Richard E. Grant, it would be ham. Like he's just a ham. He he's having the best time. And I love how he takes pictures with everybody. Like he takes selfies with all the celebrities and he's like loving his life and, um, I, can't I, I like to think jumping that, on my hotel bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to think that that's also why you kind of chose this moment is because you just connect with Richard E. Grant so much because you're that same mm. person that's like always just looking at the bright side of things, which is so great. Um, and he was really evil in this movie. Like, I know you liked this moment, but how did you feel about him getting blown out of the front of the ship? That was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was really evil. He killed Hux. But this was a good moment. So thank you, Neil. Now we're going to head to John for the discussion about Ray, who doesn't have children. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Not yet. (laughs) They coming, though. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, guys. When we Uh... met Ray, she was digging through an old Star Destroyer for parts to pay for her meal for the day, scrapping by on nothing but her will to survive and get by until her family returned. As we know, that never happened, but what did happen was Ray went on a journey of an awakening, becoming one of the most powerful Jedi ever. It is a remarkable story, knowing that you can come from nowhere with dark ties from your past, but still seek and find the light. Let's talk about the girl, the scavenger, all the Jedi. Let's talk about Ray Skywalker. Uh, I'll kick things off just by saying um, it's a controversial choice in what JJ did to round out her character, but making her a Palpatine is a huge thing to me uh, for two reasons. One, uh, it kind of shows that your where you come from doesn't determine your destiny. I think that is a great story to be told in Star Wars uh, in a opposite way of kind of like the Skywalker royalty thing, um, where you're a Skywalker, you have the Skywalker blood, you're meant for greatness, whereas this is you're from evil, you're meant for darkness. Um, it's a different spin on it, and I think that uh, ultimately is going to age well. Um, and then the the whole thing about you know her still being trained by Leia, even though she knows she's a Palpatine, because it's kind of that same thing, like, you know, I sent my son away who is supposed to be from this great lineage of Jedi to go train with the greatest Jedi of all time. And he turned to the dark side. Who's to say that I'm going to give up on you just because you came from somewhere you didn't get to choose. Uh, so those things mean a great deal to me because you get to your destiny. And I know Star Wars is all about destiny. Like even in the trailer, uh, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. And there's always about your destiny. Your destiny lies with me. And it's a big thing. Um, but your destiny and, is only and determined. John, real quick, before yeah. before you get too off topic too, I want to throw in off there topic. that, that well, not off topic, but, but off what I'm about to say before we get too far away from it, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that Leia also was burned by that. So she knows that Ray can be good because she 
six or seven years ago was completely shut out of, of the Senate and, and all political view because she was the descendant of one of these people and Vader, it did yeah. not determine her, her, who she was sure. and who her brother was. Um, mm-hmm. so she, she's very well aware that, that even if you come from one of these Sith, uh, you know, people in, in your ancestry, that it, it doesn't determine your reality. So that was very important that she be the person that understood who Ray was and let her be somebody different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to close out my intro thought, basically, you get to choose your own <laughs> destiny, I guess, uh, yeah. is my point. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we could talk about her from the beginning to now. It doesn't really matter. Just your guys' thoughts on the character now that we've seen her kind of take that journey. Lacey? I think that Ray has one of the best intros in the whole series, like the whole saga, when she opens that the hatch and she's got the mask on. And obviously we knew from interviews and trailers and stuff that who it was, but if you were to go in fresh, not knowing you wouldn't know if she was a creature or an alien or whoever underneath. And then for her to be kind of sliding down that side with the sand and then she doesn't have enough water and you, you get this sense of like dread of like, how is this girl here? How did she end up here by herself? And you see all the like little ticks on the wall. That's like one of the first things that I remembered from the movie was when she's making little marks on the wall and you're like, she has been here forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's looking at the old woman who's been there and she's like, that's going to be me. And there's this just sense of like, she's just looking for where she belongs and she's waiting for her family. And you're like, oh, so this isn't like Luke who's got a loving family that's like just being annoying. This is a girl that's literally by herself. Um, And she's tough and she's kind of rough around the edges. But then when she meets BB-8 and she meets Finn, you realize that she's, you know, your typical Star Wars character. She's a little rough, but she's got a heart of gold and she's willing to do the right thing and help other people, even if it means going out of her way to do it. Um, I I disagree a little bit with you, John, because I don't know how I feel about the whole Palpatine thing still. I haven't really, like, I understand it. I get Mm -hmm. it. I know why they went there. I don't know if I agree with it. I don't know if I like it. Mm -hmm. Um but I understand why they did it um, yeah. based on conversations we had previously where in The Last Jedi, she goes to like more of a dark side. Right. I personally always wanted her to be a Kenobi and watching TFA. I was like so sure that that's where they were going, um, especially with the whole force vision thing. And they have Obi-Wan talking to her. I was like, oh, this is where this is going. And then it totally took a left turn. Um, but overall, the the one of the reasons why I love TFI's TFA so much is because for me, it was a character that was strong in the force, but that moment that she grabs the lightsaber is hands down one of the best moments in Star Wars. And it means so much to me as a woman that loves Star Wars because everything up until then has been men with lightsabers and men kind of being the hero of the story. And this was the first time that it wasn't. And it meant a lot to me. And it was something that I had waited for my whole life to see. And it was just really in cool live to know action. That. You mean yeah. live action? Yes. Yeah. Live action. Um, and it was just cool to know that little girls would be growing up with Ray as their hero. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not to no, say no. that they can't look at, 
you know, Luke Skywalker too, but it's just different when you see yourself represented on screen. So that's Mm -hmm. why I really love Ray, but I don't know if I agree with where her journey goes. I haven't like fully thought it through, but maybe we'll get there by the end Mm -hmm. of this conversation. Sure. I think that, yeah, the thing is though, Lacey, I don't think there's any way we could get really to the end of the depth and layers that, Ray has by the end of this conversation because the girl's got more layers than a Pillsbury Grand. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> well, how long was that in your pocket? Yeah, well, <laughs> about one, about ten seconds. No, uh, like literally that Pillsbury Grand that's in your pocket right now. Ew. Oh, that one? That's from lunch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, to me personally, like, I, well. Also, what Lacey was saying too, the whole like female thing, like I, I, you know, I think that's that stuff's important, but um, it doesn't resonate with me specifically. Um, what I, I take away from Ray is that by the end of this journey, we actually got the best of both worlds, um, and I'm still trying to piece it together, like what Lacey was saying too. I'm, you know, I wasn't really sure about the Palpatine thing. Um, because I kind of like the idea of Ray from nowhere. Um, but the reasons I liked the idea of Ray from nowhere was because I thought it was really cool that they were going to push that whole like orphan thing. And I felt like there are tons of kids that don't have parents and they need to, to find that journey too. And even since the Rise of Skywalker came out. There, there's a movie that I watched. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's called Instant Family. It's got Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg in it. And there's a lot of heart there. And they open up a lot of things about foster kids and or- orphan you know, kids and things like that. And I, I really liked that aspect of Rey, that despite the fact that she has no lineage, um, she was able to carve her path and make something of herself. And I felt like that story was important to star Wars. Now that they've done the Ray Palpatine thing. my first thought was, well, they backtracked and threw all that stuff away. And they absolutely have not because I still think it is important that even though this kid was orphaned and she found out that her parents were, let's, let's say they were crack addicts or murderers or whatever. It doesn't matter how she got to the orphanage. She doesn't have to be that. And being adopted into a new family and starting a new family and starting her own heritage is still Ray from nowhere. And her choosing that path is kind of what John was saying. And so I'm really coming down on uh, on the the good side of, I like how they handled it because we got both best of both worlds. She gets to be Ray from nowhere. She also gets to be a person who was chosen by the force because of her lineage. Like it's, it's great. I, I like both aspects of that story. Um, yeah. And it, uh, yeah. I, so that's it. Uh, let's head on to uh resistance. Tra- no, I'm just kidding. John, what do you got? Anything to add well, to that? I want to, you know, talk a little bit more about Ray's parents. I know they're not explored much in the movie because of time. Mm-hmm. Do we know their names? Have they announced their names? Steve Palpatine nope. and um, yeah. his wife. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> John's really the, there's numbers floating above his head. He's like, I can't think of a funny name. I can't name think right of now. a name at all. The actress <laughs> is Stephanie. a famous actress, though. Ray's oh, mom. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they both do work, but yeah. Man, I'm getting thrown off my tracks a lot here. Uh, Okay, so Ray's dad, 
aka Sheev's son, abandoned mm-hmm. that whole way. Uh, so he obviously knew who, where he came from, but he, you know, either hid away from it or hid themselves from Palpatine to because they knew they had they were going to have this daughter and they didn't want to raise her that that way. So they made a choice, which is the opposite of uh, Anakin where he made the choice to pursue the darkness and look what happened. Um, and in both in both end results, you end up with orphan kids. You have Luke on the farm, and then you have Rey in the desert. Obviously, Leia got adopted into the Organis, and that's one thing, but we're talking about the one kid here. Um, but it's funny how there's two different tr- paths there chosen, whereas Rey's dad, who's a lineage from darkness, chooses to abandon that. And then you have Anakin, who is chosen as the prophecy and the light one, and he chose to go to the darkness. So they kind of like crossed them mm-hmm. crossed on different sides of the street and kind of like nodded to each other, like, I'm going this way, I'm going this way. And both still ended up in a way where Luke's going to still find his journey, find his path, and Ray's going to find her journey, find her path. So it almost feels like, again, that word destiny, where no matter what would have happened, that would have turned into something for those characters. The Force awakened. It was an awakening across the galaxy, and it just happened to... It was going to happen anyway. The Force determines your destiny, I guess, in that sense. So um, even though they weren't a big part of the movie, I do like the fact about her parents doing what they had to do for her, even if that meant their death. Uh, I think we skim over that a lot, and it might be the movie's fault for doing that to us, but I like that that's a part of it. If it was Honestly, if it was just... Yep, her parents were just drunk traders, and they are in a desert somewhere. That doesn't do anything for me at all. Um, so I like thinking about her parents and that sacrifice they made a lot more. Maybe they can explore that uh, in a book and see, you know, how they came to make those decisions. That could be interesting. Um, I think that's a big part of this because Star Wars is all about your parents and kids and each generation, and I think that gets overlooked a bit in the Rise of Skywalker, which makes me kind of like the whole Palpatine angle a bit more. Because if you don't introduce that, yes, you could have introduced, oh, you know what she is? She was a Kenobi or something. Then we know that whole story. Um, But if you introduce it as they did with the Palpatine thing, it allows you that opportunity where you have these people make that choice uh, for, to protect their daughter. I think that's huge. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I just, (laughs) I haven't really, I, I don't, really like the Palpatine angle for Ray. I don't like that. I, I get it. I see the logical steps that were taken to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like it. And I don't really like that she took the Skywalker name either. Oh, I love it. I, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. Why would she take that name? To honor? Why you doesn't know, she... I was actually... I don't know. I was reading the Wikipedia... Name. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was take her mom's name. I don't think she knows her mom's name, but we we don't know fair. it. We proved that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was reading the Wikipedia today, and it says that she takes the name Skywalker because it's I forget how it's worded, but it's like it's because Luke and Leia said it was cool. Like I, I don't know exactly like why the author of the Wikipedia article like put it that way. Cause it's not like she's like asking them a question and they're like thumbs up. But <laughs> when I, <laughs> yeah, she's like, she turns to them and she's like Ray Skywalker. And they're both like, yeah, and she's like, yeah, okay. All right. Ray Skywalker. They're just like, that. Yeah, right. yeah. But the Imagine article they were did. 
<laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're uh, like, oh, oh, no, 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 <laughs> honey, honey, no, no, right. <laughs> honey, <laughs> That's honey, so please, yeah, uh, no, but I, I, like I said, the way that the article kind of read, and Wikipedia does a really good job to not put like this is how we feel about it. They sure. they write it out like this is what happened. Sorry. And I, I think they just kind of wrote it as like she took the name at the approval or the gesture from the two of them that it was cool to do. Like it was okay to do that. They gave her that name. Um, and I, I know that's it's not going to jive with a lot of people. Like that didn't happen. But like I said, that's kind of what I sure. remember reading on the Wikipedia. Sure. So if that helps at all, it probably doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it could have been just, oh, I'm just Ray. But then there's... That's been her story since we first met her. There's no evolution there. When we first meet her, it's I'm Ray. Oh, it's just Ray. And then what? At the mm. end, it's going to be like, yeah, I'm Ray. I'm, I'm just Ray. Like, I don't like that. Well, she didn't start with just Ray. And TFA, she says, I'm Ray. And he goes, I'm Finn. So what's Finn's last name then? Why doesn't it matter what last name Finn has? Poe hasn't come up with it yet. I'm just saying it's the same scenario. So why does she have to have a last name? Finn was named three minutes before that. He's just getting a, he wrote his name on his hand. He's like, uh, oh yeah, I'm Finn. <laughs> like Ray. Um, I mean, she tells like, even in the trailer, I'm no one. Like it's this whole thing. Like I'm no one. Right. I, and she tells the little girl on Pasana, I'm just, just Ray. Ray. I so know. why yeah. couldn't she just be Ray? I think the point because is because I think when she says that she's bummed about it. At the end of the day, it still sticks with her. I don't know. She doesn't want to be mm, just right. She so she's standing there seeing those little kids like all together, a family doing this thing, innocent. They say this is her name, first name, and last name is what C three PO says, and then Ray's just kind of like, "I'm just Ray," and she says it in a very like sad way, like James is saying. Um, she was looking for that family for so long. And then Luke and Leia kind of became her adopted parents in a way. Uh, they both trained her. Uh, they were both her masters and that's her way of honoring them. I think that's a very, I think that's a trope that goes a long way in storytelling where you take on a name as a way of honoring someone as opposed to it being literal. Um, so I, I, I liked that in a sense where she's doing it almost as a tribute to them. I don't know why that's so, funny, but that's cool. I'm I'm I, just laughing because I I don't agree. Yeah, I laugh all the I, time I'm, when you make points, and I disagree. All I, the time. I just feel like you're trying hey. to convince me, and you're not going to convince me. Oh, I don't That's care all what I'm you thinking. think. No, are you kidding? Okay, great. <laughs> Good, um, Lacey. Great. I, I'm 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 with you though. I I think that there could be something really powerful about, and I'm trying to kind of picture a scenario, and this is probably going to be off from what you're thinking, but a little mm. bit like she comes back to the planet and pose like she single-handedly defeated Palpatine or something. And they're like, yay. And then someone says like, you know, what's your name? And she's like, Ray. And they're like, Ray who? And she's like, just Ray. Like she looks around at all of her friends and her family. She feels like she's become part of something and she's okay with being just Ray. Whereas like earlier in the movie, she's not okay with it. Then later at the end of the movie, she is okay with being just Ray. And that's the arc within the movie itself. Is that mm-hmm. closer, maybe? I guess. I don't know. But in that scenario, maybe, see, yeah. I'm just picturing she comes back and they're like, who did it? Ray did. Oh, go Ray. No one's going, Ray who? Well, no I get that that could that. be kind of cheesy. I was trying to paint it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. her being okay with being just Ray, I, I don't necessarily 
I don't think we would get that as much when she's separated from what could be considered her new family, Poe and Finn and these people on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In that case, I when just they're feel putting like her alone went- on Tatooine and she looks over, she sees these people, she finds her belonging and her belonging is with those people, not with these yes, others. I feel you know like I mean? yeah. her journey started with I'm Ray. Who is Ray? Then it went to I'm Ray. It doesn't matter who I came, where I came from. And then the last mm. movie spends the whole movie saying, I'm Ray, but it does matter who I am. I'm going to go back on what I said originally. I want to know who my parents are. I want to know what my last name is. I want to know all these things. And because of those things, I'm a stronger person. When I feel like in the first two movies, she was strong without them, so she didn't need them in the last movie. I don't know, because I get what you're saying. I agree that they, they definitely hammered that home in The Last Jedi without a doubt. But in TFA, I feel like it was too much. What do you mean? In The Rise of Skywalker, her name and her being a Palpatine and all these other things. Like, it just, it came out of nowhere and I just don't think it makes sense. Sure. Um, to me. Yeah, I mean, it did come out of nowhere. Like, factually, they they had to do it. They had to do something anyway. Uh, right. Or not. Or they're just like, yeah, that was it. She's no, she's no one. I just think it's a strong, she's a strong character without all of that. Sure. I agree. Yeah, that's fair. It would, she'd be a strong character either way. They they sliced it, um, so I agree with that. Yeah, but I'm thinking of that scene in TFA, and I feel like this is again JJ just rounding out things he set up for himself when he created the character. You know that scene with Maz Kanata where she literally says the the belonging you seek is not behind you, it's ahead. And Ray crying says Luke, and she doesn't even know who Luke Skywalker is. Ten minutes before, she thought he was a myth, and she's feeling that that's the belonging she's seeking. So for her to then, at the end of this whole journey, after having been trained by Luke, see Luke make that sacrifice, be trained by Leia, see Leia make she that She wasn't sacrifice. really trained by Luke, though. What do you mean? Yes, she was. Not really. He chased her off the island, and she left up against everything he said. The only training we ever saw her have was with Luke Skywalker on screen. No, well, no, because with Leia, we saw well. with Leia. I mean, to that but, point, through her journey with Luke, she was—he was the one who trained her. Right, but that statement that you just said—the belonging she seeks with Luke—she went to the island. He told her to leave. She tried to con- like confront him about other things, and he said, "Don't leave." And she leaves without him. Then he dies. Then in the last movie, he shows up to be like, "What are you doing for two minutes?" That to me isn't a father figure. That to me isn't training. He just showed up to be part of the story to move her along. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So for her, her belonging isn't belonging with Luke. Her belonging is Finn and Poe. Her family. I wouldn't say Luke Skywalker is her family. He hasn't had enough of a relationship with her to be a family. I I would say Leia is her family. Leia and not Luke. That's not Luke. No. Hmm. That's interesting. She starts the whole rise of Skywalker with, they won't talk to me. Well, she's trying to connect with all the voices of the dead Jedi. I think that's a little different. I I understand your perspective, Lacey, on the the like if Ray was looking at Luke and be like, "Yeah, that guy kind of sucked." But I also kind of look at it from the fact that Ray, as a character, changed Luke Skywalker's mind. So that of relationship be- between the two of them was definitely there. In the sense that, like, you know, I'm gonna three lessons and we only see two on screen or whatever, but he teaches her about 
the the past and the way things are going to go and how, what is this balance and and why it is the way that it is and right and but to argue like the that. belonging is with Luke that's not true her belonging isn't I with I think Luke. you're misunderstanding what I said I just said she says that in the force awakens without even knowing who he is she ray says the word luke herself i'm not making it up i understand mm-hmm. okay. that that's but all the way I'm you're phrasing it doesn't make sense to me that that would be the belonging that she seeks at that moment in that bar in that basement that was the belonging she seeks because that's what she said just that doesn't mean that's what happens what happens after is different but i'm saying in that moment that's what went to her mind went to the belonging you seek is ahead she goes to luke immediately yeah this is this is a a retrospect is 2020 but that line in probably could have been better if she would have said uh, the belonging you seek is ahead, and she would have went Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Instead of specifying Luke, the belonging is the Skywalker lineage. Mm-hmm. That probably would have held better over the term because we still probably would have taken that as Luke. We would have understood it at the time as Luke. Then when the last movie comes out, we would have been like, "Oh, it's bigger than Luke. It's like the whole her whole belonging is Skywalker," but. Again, yeah. that's not really what they were. Yeah. But you've you've brought up that you think that if gun to your head, you think JJ was pointing her to be a Kenobi, yet he still wrote the belonging you seek is Luke, which to your point is then saying it's just the next step into to finding what it is that is your belonging. Yeah, and also Luke is still a living person, whereas Kenobi was long gone. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think everything got did definitely get a bit muddled for Ray, but I think to to round it out again, I think JJ is made it clear that he intended for her to not be a nobody. I think we all agree with that. So I don't think he ever had any intentions from first draft to final draft of making her a nobody. I think he was trying to figure out what to do with her based on what Ryan did, and I think he's like, I got, I want to make her connected to somebody in some way what's an organic original way for me to do it so i'm not called a rehasher you know he's not going to pop up and be like yeah she's luke's daughter and everyone just like rolls their eyes and throws up in the theater like um Mm -hmm. he could have probably still done the kenobi thing though again i think the last jedi makes that very problematic because she had dark side tendencies and instincts uh that would not make sense for me for kenobi um, so I think JJ looked at the last Jedi and how Ray was as a character. She had a lot of anger, a lot of aggression. She, her force visions were all going straight to the dark. It made Luke more fearful than when he saw Ben Solo do it, uh, that JJ and Terry were like, what makes sense here? Palpatine. So I think when people are like, oh, JJ just threw that out of nowhere. It's like, well, it's either she's a nobody or she's somebody, and based on what was set up that makes sense from a story perspective, that makes the most sense. And I have to, you know, I I, I agree with the decision, but I, I completely understand why people are like, don't like it. So I get it. I'm just, I'm making it work for me, personally. That's all I'm saying. Like I said earlier too, John, why not both? Like, I think she has to be somebody or a nobody, and I think they, in, in my per- personal opinion right now, I think they are kind of doing a very good job at making her somebody and nobody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sure. I think she's a strong character. I, I, I like her progression. I don't know if I agree where she ended up. Sure. I mean, her compassion is probably one of the biggest things that stands out to me. <clears throat> her care for all of her friends and that sort of thing, even from the very beginning. But I think that's challenged in The Rise of Skywalker because there are times that she turns away from that. You think so? No. Yeah. From her oh, friends? Yeah. Yeah. When she's like, I got to take this alone. I got to do this alone. I think that was her protecting them. Yes. Correct. I think I think Maybe. the more she was worried about what, she, what was going on in her life, she was like pushing Finn away because she was becoming this thing that she was scared. I saw myself standing next to him on the throne and she was conflicted because she didn't want to hurt her friends. That's she how was I afraid felt. of yeah. betraying them and killing them and having bad things happen to them. They were so important to her that that's what was tearing her apart. Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it too. Um, and they're like, no, we're going with you. We're in this no matter what. And she's like, wow, they, these people are my family and that sort of thing. And that was a big mm-hmm. moment too. Um, but her, yeah, just I something about Ray's character. I'm glad that they didn't try to dabble with turning her too much to the dark. I think her, um, her wanting that belonging and stuff like that made her really empathetic to a lot of people who she saw herself in. Like Lacey, you bring up with the BB-8, the droid's not for sale sort of thing. And how she meets Finn and he's this like nobody too. And she draws herself to him and she even finds herself a little bit in Han Solo. Like, look at this old man and what he, what does he have? He has nothing to show for it because he lived his life. as kind of like this solo sort of, uh, no pun intended, like renegade sort of thing. So um, just from like The Force Awakens, uh, what was set up through The Last Jedi, which I feel like anytime I think about The Last Jedi with Rey, I don't know about you guys, I just think about her and Kylo Ren. So I don't know if that took away from her like her individual development for me. I just think about their kind of the, that connection there. And then uh, the rise of Skywalker. I, I keep saying this. I think the three of them together and their relationships is what carried the movie for me. So um, I don't know. Ray's compassion stands out more to me than any of her Jedi powers. And maybe that's them being able to bring out the humanity in a character. And I think maybe that's what makes her me connect with her uh, on like a human story type of level. Yeah. James, anything to add? Um, it is it is funny to me that when I think about Ray as a character, I don't think of her as a pilot. I don't think of her as a mechanic. I I almost don't even think of her as a, a Jedi. I think of her as um someone like Poe or Finn who's just a normal person and has been yanked into this whole thing. Um in a weird way, almost like she, I know she's searching for that belonging, but sometimes I think that she has this like, kind of like, I just want to go back to Jakku sort of aspect about her. And yet the, I want to, I wouldn't say the force, but I guess in it's star Wars. The force is saying, get off of that, get moving, like push, pushing her along. Um, and I, and so Sometimes I think of Ray as a kind of a reluctant character and and that's also a little bit what's neat about Luke, you know, as well. Like we 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 like that story because he was just a kid who uh, you know, was a nobody and then something the the bigger story 
crashes down on him and is mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, Kylo Ren is trying to tell her you have no part in this story. And it's like, wrong. <laughs> you are front and center, baby. Mm-hmm. You uh, like, you don't even realize how important you are in this story. So, um, I, yeah. I think that's really cool. And that goes back to that whole, like the classic star Wars. I'm, I'm a nobody. Never mind, I'm a somebody kind of thing. Yeah. Well, her end game uh, for her character or not, I mean, obviously it's she's been an important character, like Lacey said. So, Lacey, what, why don't you close this out with your final thoughts on Rey as a character? Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot in this conversation. Um, hey, this is how I felt with Poe. I was like, I have things to say about Poe. I just feel like we've talked so much, but we haven't talked at all about Kylo Ren and her. And I feel like you can't talk about Rey without talking about Kylo Ren. Um, I think... Ray is a super strong uh, hero, and I think she ultimately battles with, like James said, like doing what is right versus what she thinks is right for herself. Um, I think we see a lot of progression in her character over the three movies of uh, her battling with being the hero but not messing up. There's this fear of failure that she's constantly grappling with, and mm-hmm. I think that fear is also based in who she is and where she comes from. Um, but I think overall she's a hero that is, that brings hope to the galaxy, obviously that's strong um, and is willing to put others first, even if it means making the tough decision, um, which would be, you know, in the last Jedi, her turning away from Luke to help Ben Solo or Kylo Ren wasn't the easy decision, but she chose to do it because she thought that the galaxy would benefit. Um, But overall, I think more than anything else, she's just searching for that family that she wants so badly and for adventure and for where she fits in the galaxy. And I think it's a good message for people that no matter where you start, where you end up is more important, which is who she ends up with. Yeah, I I agree. Before... Before you wrap up, in your personal opinion, best movie for Ray? Force Awakens. Force Awakens? Mm-hmm. James? Uh, is it my final thoughts or whatever? Oh, yeah, whatever you want. I, I feel like I've said mine, so if you have final thoughts or or you're answering your own question there. um, Do you have an answer to it, John? I think The Rise Since of Skywalker. You say you are- you think the rise of Skywalker is the best Ray story? Yeah. Um, man, my, and it's funny too, cause we're kind of like this, but my, my gut like right away was now I'm overthinking it, but my gut right away was probably last Jedi. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we each got one. All right. I, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the big, this is the big swip swap for her, but I don't know. Yeah. She has that in or Skywalker. Too. I don't know. Um, final thoughts on Ray. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Lacey. Like I said, at the very beginning, there's a lot that goes into Ray. She has all these layers, all these different levels of, uh, things about her and her relationship with different people. Like, how do you, how do you move forward? Not talking about her relationship with Finn too, you know? And it's like, we, yeah. we barely right. even touch on that stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely Kylo Ren is a big one. And the future of Ray is another big one too, which we, don't really have time to talk about maybe in another episode. Um, we'll talk about what we think she's doing on, 
either Tatooine or with her the rest of her life being free from the First Order and her heritage hangups and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. So um, there's so much more to Ray that we haven't even even touched on. You know what I mean? Just the same way as there's more stories to tell with Luke. He wasn't honky dory for the rest of his life after Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, and I think next week when we do Kylo Ren's discussion, she'll probably f- that's where we'll probably tackle Who? both of them. Um, What's the first me and Lacey have heard of that? Well, you just we were going to do all four, and if we did three of them, so process of elimination, I guess. Um, I, were we doing yeah. all four? Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. I well, four what's good is three. we're going to have plenty of discussions to have in the future. So I think revisiting Ray, like you said, there's a lot of things we didn't even get to touch yet. So um, we can yeah. obviously we're not limited to one forty minutes on on just Ray, uh, and that's it. Uh, like we did with the Trevorrow scripts. We can go back and talk more about Ray <laughs> in the future, um, which I want to because we didn't really touch on much. But yeah, next week, uh, thinking Kylo Ren uh, discussion. So we'll do that there. But now it is time for Resistance Transmissions. And Lacey is going to try not to laugh and get through these wonderful tweets from you guys. Lacey? Do you really not? Me- you don't want me to laugh? I'll try if you want. Uh, no, I think the goal is for you to laugh, right? Yeah. Guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. So the way that this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter and you guys give your answers. And then I read them live. I don't know what any of this is. And sometimes it backfires on me and John writes something that's not funny at all. And then I just look like an idiot. So we'll see how this goes. Oh. I see an inside joke right away. Okay. Uh, The situation is General Pride, having just killed Trader Hux, is in Hux's office looking around. He finds Hux's famous diary. (laughs) Okay. Pride embraces (laughs) the chance to write an entry to Hux on the final page. What did he write? So obviously, (laughs) Neil, you've inspired this somehow with your answer. Without even knowing it. Um, all right. First up is Neil Marriott at Kidda1708. And he wrote Phasma New. Do <laughs> 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 oh, we explain uh, it? I say if you want to know that one, go back and listen to our Best of Resistance Transmissions episode that we did. And you will know. Phasma yes. just as Phasma. If just you're a diehard TRB now. fan, you'll know what Phasma new means. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Sack at Joey Sack said, Dear Hux, you thought only Phasma noticed what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> During your speech on Starkiller Base, you were wrong. Just as I knew you were a traitor, I was all too aware the state of your trousers. <laughs> Where do you think the fresh pair of trousers in your quarters came from? Dash pride. Again, go back. <laughs> Had to pair next those is, up. Yeah. Next is uh, Adam Odal at Odal Adam. And he said, dear Hux, hashtag make solo two happen. Sincerely, General Pride. <laughs> Nice. Odal Odal knows how to get on resistance transmission. 
Yeah. Next is Alex Zukas at Zubaka. Love that. He said, information officer, lazy killer, and hands by the pen. <laughs> Your pen, sir. No, you got to do it in the voice. You have to do it in the voice. What or, is the voice? What's the voice you did last time? I don't remember. It was like it's your, the British, your high British voice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what I did. What is it supposed to be? Oh, like, okay. So again, this is another reference to something I did weeks ago. Hmm. And it mm-hmm. was something, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm laughing. Uh, okay. Your pen, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. She knew. And he said, dear General Hux, that cane was not fooling anybody. General Pride. I love how meta this answer was, Alex, (laughs) where you went back to what I would say if I was in the First Order, which would be a random person handing people things like the lady that's like, they're all persona. Yeah. You know what's funny, Lacey? (laughs) This I'm starting to realize that this Resistance Transmissions is a TRB fan service Resistance Transmissions. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Your pen, sir. Okay. Genghis, where have you been, Genghis? In the Hall of Fame. At right, Genghis right here. Dingus. He wrote, you should have deleted your browser history. <laughs> Hall of friggin' fame. Do you realize he came back from the unknown regions right. of transmissions? Yes. Just to get back in there. I think maybe well he done, pops Genghis. in once a year. And now that the calendar turned, he dingus again. <laughs> he he he's like Palpatine. He just knows when the time is right. You know. Right. Yes. <laughs> Next is Sean Santarude at Rude Cold. How rude, Sean. He did. Dear Hux, I love Star Wars. Signed, Richard E. Grant. <laughs> dot dot dot. I mean General Pride. <laughs> My bad. I love Star Wars. <laughs> Next is Micah Harrison at Micah X Machina. And he wrote, I cheered, I shouted, I fist pumped the air, I cried, I stood and cheered. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least is Padre at Pat Dresch 93. They wrote, Dear General Hux, to cheat death is a power only one has achieved. And it ain't you. Sincerely, General Pride. Nice. Guys, well done. This was very, very well done. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And then every week, John puts up a crazy scenario and you give your answers. And if you remember weird things I say from weeks ahead of time, you probably will get on, apparently. Your pen, sir. Your pen, sir. (laughs) Uh, John, back to you. Where's that necklace from? It's from Pasana. <laughs> she has more of a deep voice, though. That's not fair to her. She's right. more like, it's from Pasana. It's from Pasana. Yeah, honey. but it's you. No, not, not that her. deep. Oh. oh, yeah, it's from me. I would, what would I do? I wouldn't talk in like, I'd probably be in like my polite voice. Like everybody has a polite voice, like a phone voice. Mm-hmm. No, probably... you would have been like, cool. You would have been like, so it's from Pasana. <laughs> no, I would not. Workplace Lacey is a different Lacey. Lacey, I'm all business. Lacey would be chugging a bottle of water and be like, "Uh, General Pry, can you get me a giant bottle of water, please? 
Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We're doing inside jokes all the day, all the time now. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Another kind of a long episode for us yeah. here, but again, we really scratched the surface on Ray. We will have another discussion about her. Drop in the comments on a lot of stuff you want us to talk about in a future discussion about Ray, because I really think there's a chunk of that, uh, a lot that we haven't talked about that we will get into in the future. But for now, that's what you get. Um, make sure you are subscribed on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, any podcast platform that you prefer. Spread the word. Keep spreading the word because that's how we're growing. And we're noticing growth on all of our platforms. Uh, even with the growth on our YouTube channel with the podcast, we're seeing growth on Apple Podcasts. So that's incredible. So I want to thank all of you so much for uh, spreading the word and helping us grow. Um, go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. T Public Resistance Broadcast. Look it up. You'll find all of our designs, most made by James. They have sales a lot, so wait for those. But you can get our logo. You can get Makes a Little Two Happen, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to support us, like uh, we talked about earlier, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast hop over there if you get a minute if you're not a patron yet check out the tiers on the right hand side there's five tiers starting at just two bucks a month uh each tier is different benefits and rewards obviously you saw our general neil was actually on the show uh if you're tier two which is five dollars and up you can be on the show by submitting resistance our uh, i should say will of the force topics which you heard also earlier in the show so uh if you want to support us find your tier sign up and uh, have fun. It's a good time. So uh, we want to thank you. And want to say a special thank you to our generals, Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, who you just saw. Great job, Neil. Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, J.G. Carr, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, thank you so much for all of your support. You are the best. We really appreciate it. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James Bainey, where you at? Uh... Instagram and Twitter at Myra Trunks. Nice man. Uh, Lacey. You could find me on Twitter and Instagram, sir. Nice. At Lacey Gillerin. There it is. Can you maybe that's, that's Dobby. That's a very Dobby the house elf voice. Yeah, kinda. I wonder if we should do a bet in the future where if you lose the bet I'm a house elf. You do a full episode in that voice. You're making a lot of bets that affect my episodes and none that affect your episodes. <laughs> Everything affects my episodes. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, John, yeah? John never says that if he loses that bet, he has to do the whole episode in the... Dolby is a free elf. Richard E. Grant yeah. voice. Oh, that would get old. Like The base is open. <laughs> <laughs> that, would get, that would get old so quick. All right. Yeah, well, I think we would force you to stop. Uh, listen, guys. This is this is the end of the show, and uh, I hope everyone has a. We should do a game where we not the pick the people to do impressions. Pick people like each, to... like each one of us pick, like kind of like charades, but with impressions. So I can say, Lacey, do an impression of Salacious Crumb, and you have to do it. Yeah, I can't do that though. But then you don't get a point. The person gets a point. Interesting. Or something. Yeah. So it would be more like Lacey's picking like Salacious Crumb and we have to guess it. She only gets a point. Well, that if we guess it. I don't know. We have to think about it. We're brainstorming live. Yeah, we're brainstorming live brainstorming. Yeah. Well, we were talking about doing more segments, so stay tuned because we are always thinking of... More segments, sir. Of doing more. 
fun things on the podcast. Segment from Pasana. <laughs> uh, it's from Pasana. Guys, listen to me right now. Enjoy your weekends. <laughs> and is it Super Bowl this Sunday? Am I off base here? I don't know if it is. It is. I don't know. It Derek is. Yeager. If it's Super Bowl Derek, this Sunday, Derek enjoy. Derek What's his name? <laughs> Derek Jeter? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. But I mix him with Derek Yeager. Derek Yeager. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm all confused. What's the guy's name from Resistance? His name is... Yeager? I thought it was Yeager. Is his name Yeager? I think it's Yeager. Yeager? Yeah. Now I'm blanking. I, I, I know it, but I can't think it's of Yeager. it because we're in this moment. That right Derek now. Yeager in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's Yeager. All right, guys. Uh, it is the Super Bowl this coming Sunday, so a lot of you are going to be playing hooky on Monday, which means you'll be able to listen to us all day when we have a new episode. But until then, enjoy your wings. Enjoy your football. If you don't like sports, go listen to all of our stuff. What the heck? Go, go watch sports. a Star Wars movie. Go see The Rise of Skywalker again. All right? We got to beat Rogue One. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jarek Yeager. Jarek Yeager. Uh, guys, we'll see you on Monday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. It's the Resistance.